social media accounts as well as on the field as well as off the field and I think that's just so important that the younger generation can relate to us that we're not out of reach we want to interact with fans we want to grow the game and I think that's what makes us more of a real model than a role model You're listening to England Rugby Podcast, O2 Inside Line, and I'm Jess Breach. I'm Jess Breach. I play for Saracens and England Rugby, and I'm a winger. Winger is the position that gets all the glory and all the tries, finishes off other people's good work, is what my friends would say. But I would say that we're hardworking, we have a lot of flair or like different characteristics to I think other people on the pitch. We like to take people on one-on-one, which I think is really fun. I grew up in West Sussex, a little village called Feltham, right by the sea, um, which I definitely say is my happy place and I love going back to as much as I can. When I was younger, I was like extremely sporty, but I did like netball, rounders, tennis, triathlon, gymnastics, athletics, sailing. So I think whatever my older brother did, I wanted to do too. So I think I got that competitiveness very young and I always wanted to be better than him, basically. My family have a huge role now and when I was younger. They definitely just wanted me and my brother to go and explore and go and have fun. And if that was to do with sport or if that was to do with like drama and arts, like they would have supported that as much as they did. So they just wanted us to go and challenge ourselves and see if we enjoyed it. And we did and like my mum and dad really enjoyed that and they wanted to be part of it as much as I wanted to be doing it. And I think when they were younger, they were definitely sporty but didn't have that opportunity and as supportive parents to carry on. So I think they definitely pushed that with me and my brother. So I started playing rugby when I was six. Like I said previously, my brother did sports and I wanted to do anything that he wanted to do. And so did my dad. So I just joined my local team, Chichester Rugby Club, where they played. We were there basically all day Saturday if I didn't have any sport on watching my dad and then basically all day Sunday watching my brother. So I might as well have just joined in. Which was really fun and I really enjoyed it. And I think that's where I like sparked my enjoyment for rugby, I think, to the most. I played on a mixed team, which I really enjoyed. I had a lot of time like one-on-one with coaches or like just mixing up with boys, which I think was like really nice. I went to an all-girls school, so I think that was definitely different for me. And then I went to an all-girls team down at Brighton um, and then moved to Pulborough, which is a bit nearer to where I live. When I was 18, I had a choice whether to go down sprint hurdles. I guess I was quite good at it, or rugby. Um, And I decided to go down rugby because of it being a team sport. And I liked that family, friends ethos. So you can play mixed um, until under 12s. I think there's now under 11s girls teams. I wouldn't change it. I really enjoyed my time with the boys. And that's just my history. And I would advise someone if they wanted to start then to go and join a mixed team. Like there is no difference. Like, yes, you might not get a partner when they say, oh, you need to partner up. But then you get time with the coach and then that does make you a little bit better. I wouldn't say it's something that you have to go and do. 
I would just say that was the norm actually and now the norm is becoming that they want girls teams at like under sixes, sevens, eights, which I think is really good, but I wouldn't have changed my time. So my name's Tom Hutchin um, and my relationship to Jess is I've played rugby with her for the first part of my career uh, and obviously hers. The first, I think it was about six years we played together in, in junior rugby and then sort of going up to about under 14s and yeah, we've just had a great experience on the pitch and off the pitch. Her achievements in rugby are obviously quite incredible and still a long way to go for her. I mean, she played sevens and, and 15s and uh, I remember seeing some of her first matches for, for the Red Roses, scoring five plus tries and she was just quite an unbelievable talent. What makes me most proud to be her friend would definitely be that even though she's done everything she's done, she's, she's hit the highest level of her sport, she's still continuing to develop uh, and become this superstar she is. She'll still come back to Chichester, back to her roots, still be on the sideline cheering us on like we would be for her at her games. And uh, yeah, real real pleasure to be one of her friends. Up against Singh, that's magical from Jess Breach with the football, looking to try and pace in down the line. Jess Breach steps inside, that is majestic from Jess Breach, all made by the brilliance of Jess Breach at her absolute best. Oh, Jess Breach, princess and she loves it. Great fun to be around, really engaging. I'm Simon Middleton, head coach of the England Red Roses. Yeah, she's an absolute flyer. She's got a great finisher, works really hard. She knows what shortcomings are. Uh, is working really hard to be as physical as she can be. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure she'll be the first one to, to admit to that. Breach goes, set to one, set to another. Brilliant from Jessica Breach. The Red Roses wing runs under the sticks. Jess Breach is a princess, but a very quick one. I'm Hannah Bottomer. I play for England and Saracens. She's obviously gone through a lot in terms of injury recently, and I think after seeing her back training and stuff, I think... She's she's back to the old Jess and and the one that scored a stupid amount of tries on her on her debut. Jess Breach and the Red Roses in full bloom here at Twickenham. Getting my first cap is definitely something that I've dreamt of probably since I was about. 14 when you do a sport to a highish level you think to yourself oh I think I would like to represent my country doing this and being in the setup where I was in like TDG which was like a regional team London and Southeast and then going into like under 18s programs under 20s programs you think oh like this is what I want to do so I think pulling on that jersey for the first time in 2017 was pretty special and doing it with some really good like or best friends at the same time like you you couldn't change that and you couldn't wish for it in a any other way and having my family in the crowd as well just made it even more special and it's such a good memory that I can like relive over and over again which is really nice stepping onto the pitch I definitely didn't think I was going to score six tries but I was playing with some old teammates at Harlequins like Rachel Burford was on the team and we'd played together at Quinn's so I think that relationship was quite good that we were able to link up quite well and then I think still to this day, and hopefully she says it too, but probably one of my favourite tries was well, the one that Zoe Harrison kicked and I caught. But I think it holds so much memory to me because she's my best friend and that we've gone through the whole journey together and we received our caps on the same day. 
Harrison. Crossfield kick from Harrison. Oh, and it might have fallen into the hands of Jess Breach. If you don't buy a ticket, you're not going to win the raffle. And Jess Breach is in for try number six. We're able to do that in front of our family and friends. And I think it was as special for them, knowing that we're doing it together, that it was special for us. And I think we got back to our room after the game and that we were just lying on our beds and we were like, just, I don't think we could like, get over it, that it that it just happened. And I actually think the first thing Zoe said to me was, oh, how many followers have you now got on Instagram? Something crazy like that. Um, but it was just so surreal and just special. Social media in general is quite a bad habit, I think, for everyone. You get sucked in on how many likes am I going to get? How many comments am I going to get? I've enjoyed, say, winning the Grand Slam, only get 500 likes. Why am I then sad that that picture's only got 500 likes when it's probably one of the best days of my life? It's such a vicious and horrible circle to be in. And I think that makes me not want to post again or it makes me want to archive that photo, even though it's probably one of the proudest photos I, I have. And I think this is the same with comments. Like, you want to post you on holiday, maybe in a bikini picture, but you know you're going to get, like, sexual abuse or an a crude comment that you're not then going to appreciate. It gets you down, and I think... For me personally, I've had a couple where they've not been like that bad. It's like, oh, your ass looks good or something like that. But then my partner has then commented back to say, oh, and her face and her smile is really nice too. For me, obviously he's done that in a protective way, which is like fine. But And then that person then deleted the comment, I think blocked my partner. Why have they done that? Like, What reaction do you want? Do you want me to like slide into your DMs and be like, oh, thanks? Like if... I was walking down the street, I got wolf whistled or said, oh, you've got a banging body. Like, that's sexual harassment. But if someone comments that on a picture on a social media platform, nothing. I should feel safe posting on social media and know that I'm not going to get hate or abuse from it. So back in 2019, um, my mum got diagnosed with breast cancer and I think for anyone it's really tough to deal with a diagnosis of cancer or any illness. And I think for our family it really like hit us hard with such a close-knit family. You know they go anywhere that I go to play rugby. You know, my brother comes as much as he can with his work. And I think it was really tough for us. It changes your whole aspect and all thoughts about life. And it definitely changed me as a person as well as a rugby player. Like, I think when I was younger, rugby was life. And I think when mum got diagnosed, I was like, rugby is not life. Like, family definitely comes first. And I think it sucked for like quite a while to see your mum on the sideline coming to support you knowing that she's really ill it was really tough and I think the toughest moment for me was we played out in France she couldn't come like she couldn't travel to not be able to see her in the crowd was yeah it was it was weird and it was definitely not something that I enjoyed or wanted for it to be like all the time and I yeah, as soon as the whistle blew, like, we were really happy, but, like, I couldn't wait to get my dad's phone and FaceTime her. And I think for her, like, she cried, I cried, because 
it never happened for us before and I think she did she never wanted to miss any any games and I never wanted to miss any games and she just couldn't couldn't travel yeah it really makes you question what's important to you and definitely family and quality time is so important and you know I would never miss a day now or a weekend where mum and dad are like oh do you want to come home I'm like absolutely yeah we can't wait for two years time where hopefully she gets the all clear and is in remission and she's definitely living life now and both of them are retired and I think it's definitely changed both of their mindsets of living life which as much as it's horrible but I think was a good outcome. My name is Trisha Breach and I'm Jess Breach's mum. When Jess was younger, she was into every sport that she could get her hands on. It was a good place for her. It was a happy place for her. All sport made her feel good and happy. In 2019, I was diagnosed with breast cancer and um, that came as quite a big shock to me because I'm quite a fit, healthy person. So anyway, when, when I told her, obviously she was upset and I felt really comforted by the fact that she had a rugby family. And it's really difficult for people to understand how fantastic a rugby family is when things are going on not well for the rugby players. But I was really comforted by the fact that I knew she would be well supported by the rugby family, and she was. So it was a difficult time, but actually it was good for her to have a routine and to have training and have matches and have her, her good friends around her. So, yeah. It was hard, but we got through it. Now they look for the long ball on the outside. Is it going to be an early chance to get into the corner? Oh, what a finish that is from Jess Breach! I'm Rosie Gallagher and I play for Harlequins and England Red Roses. Jess Breach, best friend, loyal and heart of gold. I'm Sada Kabea. I play for Loughborough Lightning and England. I would describe Jess Breach as an absolute pocket rocket. I think you don't expect the pace that she has and she burns everybody in training. Like, if she's on the wing, I do not even try and get there. I just let her go. And now Breach to scurry into the corner. No one will stop Jess Breach. I think as women's rugby, we face challenges quite a lot in the past and still do now, but it's definitely getting better. But I think I would go to training and you would have the light from the like pit main pitch, but you'd be on a different pitch and you'd have to train in like a small area just so you could have the light. But because they wanted the first team to train, even though they trained every other day of the week and we only trained on like a Thursday night, but because you didn't mean that much to the club because you were just a girls team, they were like, oh, well, you can just have this section. If you compare rugby in general, I think people don't think or didn't think that women should play. Like, it's an aggressive, physical sport. And so women, therefore, shouldn't play. And I think that's definitely changing. But, you know, there's still people that say, well, why would I watch that? Like, that's a men's sport. You get, like, stereotypes as, like, like butch, like, lesbian. You've got that male, like, persona when actually like I'm as feminine as you can get really and I enjoy playing rugby but I enjoy being like a girly girl and I think that's definitely where we need to change the dynamic of rugby that it doesn't matter what shape size sexuality 
you are, it's for everyone and you can still be then a different person like off the pitch. Just because you're playing rugby doesn't mean that you have to be like strong and physical or off the pitch. When I went to uni, I studied sports communication and marketing at St Mary's in Twickenham and I recently graduated, which is really exciting. It was something I was interested in, in general with sports marketing. I think companies can do so much more with sports team, not just women's, I think men's too, but I think there's definitely a niche and there's a gap in the market for companies to market sports like women. And I think throughout the course, I learned what the barriers are for the companies and it made me want to do something in the future towards that. And then my dissertation. What I decided to do was a documentary piece on like body image within female rugby players, which I'd like to then look into other sporting like disciplines. And I think it's such an area that is not mistaken, but I think is sugarcoated and people don't get the protection that they necessarily need. And I think as young female athletes, like you are quite vulnerable, but you also have to promote yourself as an individual to get brand deals or to get following or to help the team be successful because you want people to view you on TV. I think you need to be able to be on social media, but in a positive way. And I think that's what I needed to find out through my dissertation. When I was in the Sevens programme, it's such a high demanding sport. You're constantly on the go, you're constantly burning calories, constantly conscious about how you look because you think of a Sevens person and you do think like skinny, really like fit. And that's not who I was. And I think I was going through probably puberty still and my body was constantly changing and I probably had lots of puppy fat still on me and I was not comfortable with how I looked in kit but there's nowhere that you can like necessarily go because your switch off is social media you see people in bikinis that look like size six and eight and you think oh well why don't I look like that And then I got into really bad habits and started not to eat or skip meals because I thought that was a quick fix to lose weight. Whereas then my training was decreasing and I wasn't being able to hit my running targets. Your mind then does flips on you and you're like, well, I need to not eat or I need to skip meals because I need to lose weight. But then I'm not training as much as or as best as I can. So you just spiral. I also wasn't enjoying the program that I was in. Everything just got really on top of me and I... I went home one weekend to see my parents and just like broke down. And I think that was the turning point for me. And I was like, I need to, I need to change. I need to not allow social media and people's images. I need to stop comparing and I need to be me and be comfortable being me. Like looking back at it now, I did have a lot of puppy fat. I was going through puberty and I should have allowed myself just to go through that process. And I think you should have that support around you to be like, look, your body is changing. I think it's different for us to get companies on board or to market ourselves or for companies to want to market us. That's what I wanted to understand why and how it's easier for the men to be able to do that. 
I'm not saying that it's easy for them because I'm sure it's not, but why do the companies choose them over us? We want probably to promote the brand that we're working for and we'll want to push that and we'll want to, you know, do campaigns or come see your offices. Like we want our face, our brand to get out there and because we want to help us as well as the team. Me and the rest of the team have responsibilities on the pitch as well as off the pitch, which I think when you're younger, you don't realise that's going to happen so much. But like Alex Scott said, when the girls won the, the Euros, they're real models, they're not role models. And that really sits well with me because I am, yes, a role model, but I'm a real model. I don't want to portray or act in a certain way that isn't me or isn't true to me. And I think that's what actually the team does really well. We're very real and we're very real on our social media accounts as well as on the field, as well as off the field. And I think that's just so important that the younger generation can relate to us, that we're not out of reach, that we're very reachable. We're very, you know, we want to interact with fans. We want to grow the game. And I think that's what makes us more of a real model than a role model. I hope my dissertation and my research affects or helps someone. If that's me, then that's great. Or if that's the people that I interviewed, then like that's better. And if it gets out and gets wider and to companies and to social media companies that they actually want to have a conversation or acknowledge that, yeah, they're maybe not doing everything to their best ability, I think that would be phenomenal. I want everyone to be safe on social media, but I think we are growing and you know not everyone wants women to play rugby so I think we want to feel safe and I think social media companies need to help like female athletes to feel safe on social media. Mm -hmm.